doing what we're doing. Um, the reason why we spent this whole month is realizing why our DNA is the way it is. So today what I want to show you guys is, okay, based on what we've talked about in this past month, the last three weeks, hopefully we'll see, uh, this is why practically even uh, our DNA is the way it is. Now, hopefully, infrastructurally, that our DNA is the way it is because of the theology, of the way that, of the study of God, understanding who God is, what he's calling us to, and this is what he wants us to be about. And then, oh, by the way, what's cool about that is that that fits in pragmatically. That practically, when Jesus says he wants us to do something, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because he's probably the best pragmatist in the world. He understands how that can actually flow, and I think it does with us. And so what I want to show through discipleship is why um, we are who we are. Also, uh, today I want us to understand what we need to do within our structure to best honor the Lord. So we're going to look at our structure, okay? And what that will do for a lot of us in this room, for some of you guys, you've, you've taught this, you've heard this, I hope it I hope you girds it more in your heart as you're discipling. So don't just go, oh, I remember that sheet. No, you need to make sure that you can teach it. I always, the guy that discipled me always said, you don't know nothing. You don't know anything until you can teach it. And so um, uh, just make sure that we're, we're having teachable hearts if you've seen this before. Um, but also for you in here right now, if you're like hanging out with MacAv and you've been serving here and there and it's been kind of cool and, and you, just, you just really want to know, like, what are they about? Hopefully today we'll answer your questions. Okay, to see like what we're trusting the Lord for and why. Um, and, then, and then what I want us to do when we get the structure now, within the structure, how can we best honor the Lord? So that'll be sort of an in-house little discussion uh, that I hope you guys can um, enjoy and be encouraged. Again, if there's any questions, uh, let me know. You can continue on, please. So the call of discipleship. We've seen this a lot. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Uh, very famous verse. Uh, let me go ahead and, um, and, and borrow a Bible real quick. You know that verse. Let me get that. Uh, 18 through 20. So the scriptures read family, Matthew 18 through 20. So this is basically um, the the fabric of why we do what we do here at MacAv. The Bible says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Um, You know, a lot of times when we look at that Great Commission, we think that's the Great Commission. But uh, I've been doing some uh, writing uh, lately. And in fact, uh, the Great Commission, it should be the Great Commissions. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely convinced that people look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20 because it encompasses all the other commissions that are in the other uh, Gospels. But in every Gospel, there's the same commission. In fact, I would propose to you, there's five accounts of commissions in every Gospel and Acts. And I'm pretty confident that historically, four of them were in different places after the resurrection. That means Jesus told them four different occasions, at least four different occasions recorded in Scripture, after the resurrection, in different places, a command like this. So you see the same thing where he talks about just as I sent you, uh, Jesus as the Father sent me, I'm sending you in John, in John 20. Um, you see the same kind of thing in Mark, in Mark 16, uh, which that's kind of debated because those texts aren't manuscript, but that's top shelf stuff. My point being that God has said, I am so serious that usually when you at the end of time and, you, and this is the last you're going to say to somebody, this is last, I'm, we're hanging out and I'm not going to see you for a little bit. And I, I want you to know something. Usually the last stuff I say is probably one of the most important. Right, family? Well, I want to propose to you that he says it four times 
in four different occasions, and the gospel writers all decided to put it, record it in Scripture. So I think, rest assured, um, one should be enough. But to have that, we understand that, the, that this, this, this concept of this great commission that God has called his people to, we're going to look at in a moment, is extremely important. So what is he saying four times? Uh, here, particularly in Matthew 20, 18 to 20, we see go and make disciples. All right? You see that in the verse there. A lot of times what people do is you'll look at that verse and you'll see go make disciples of all nations, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you think, wow, look at all these commands. You got baptize, you got teaching, you got, but that's not true. There's one command in this text. There's one imperative, uh, and that is make disciples. Okay? Now, don't miss that. So in Greek, so there's one command. He's, he's commanding us all. He's saying, I want you to make disciples. Now, going, the reason why a lot of times in your translations you'll have go, therefore, or therefore, go and make, or while going, make, depends on what translation you have, is because going is an assumptive participle. See, going, baptizing, and teaching are all participles, which, as you guys all know in English, modifies the main verb, right? Well, maybe you don't know. I, I will confess to you, I didn't know that either. I didn't learn English until I had to learn Greek, right, Abe? I mean, I didn't know English at all, and then I was bluffing my whole life, and then I got to seminary, and I was like, man, I don't know English. And then I had to learn English to learn Greek. So I get it, okay? But then I had to learn English, and I got it now, praise the Lord. So, so basically, that's what participles do, Okay? They tell you how to make the verb happen. Okay? So what he's saying, so the reason why you have go and make is because it's called an assumptive participle, which means he's, Jesus starts off, he says, all authority has been given to me. Jesus basically is saying, when you look at that, you can think, oh, Jesus is big bully. You better do what I told you um, because I'm, I'm big and I got all authority. That's not the concept there. Actually, it's very different. Jesus is actually proclaiming um, a, a prescribed reality and saying, I want you to make it a described reality. See, the prescribed reality is I have all authority. I'm reigning. This is Jesus talking. I, I, I created all things. Everyone should be worshiping me because I've created everything, created uncreated things. But guess what? That's the prescribed reality. But guess what's happening? The described reality is that's not the reality. Everyone's not worshiping me. People aren't bound down to me. So he says, hey, Mr. Disciples, what I want you guys to do is to make the described reality the prescribed reality. I want you to go and make sure that all authority, that this all authority that I have is actually shown in itself in the world. So that's why he says all authority has been given to me. Okay. And it's not you can't tell that, but I want you to help make that a reality. So he says, go and make go and make. He's saying, and I'm assuming if you are my disciples, if you're making disciples, I'm assuming you're going. So that's why he says, go and make. So everybody in here, he's assuming that there is a missional posture to a Christian. You hear me there? Because evangelical, evangelical America tell you that Christianity is simply about personal piety. But that's not biblical. Personal piety informs your worship as you are, as you are having a missional posture. God has called every blood-bought believer, every one of us, to be a going believer. He's assuming it. That's why it's an assumptive participle. So, he, so Jesus is sitting there chilling like, I know you're going, right? Because you're supposed to be my disciples. So while going, make disciples, okay? So the assumption is you're going, but also here's what you're going to do. While you're going, you're making disciples. You're going to teach and baptize. Okay, teaching, obviously catechesis, this, this, this reality of teaching all that Jesus commanded, 
all that we see um, that he proclaimed, all that he modeled, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, they're probably freaking out, but that's why he tells us at the end, and lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. It's not about you and me trying to go through our database and figure out everything Jesus said. It's about us enjoying the gospel, living a grace-motivated life, loving Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit will guide us to bring glory to Christ. That was just all. That, I should have said that later, but you know what I'm saying. So... So teaching is this sense of God is saying, you know, what we, we've been, we, we, we got the blessing of having the Holy Scriptures. So God is saying, hey, I've given you the Bible. Um, learn, like, learn, understand me, understand the mindset of first century Jew. So teaching all that Jesus commanded, right, is a sense of catechesis, that we need to be growing and understanding what does it mean to walk with the Lord. Okay? Baptizing. Baptizing, baptizo, means identification. Now, again, when we think baptized and we think water and we think either immersion baptism or pedo baptism, but both, both, you know, Baptists and Reformers alike can all agree that this concept has one of identification. Identification into the covenant community. Okay? So he's saying basically that while, while you're going, make disciples. You do it by teaching them everything that I've said, having them obey it, Right. Not just knowing, having more information, but obeying it. And then I'm asking you to have this missional posture as you're baptizing, that you're taking people from the family of Satan as they're identifying baptizo with the family of Satan. And you're allowing them now to identify baptizo into the family of God. That's the concept of evangelism, of ministry and service. You with me so far, family? So this is I'm just telling you, this is what Jesus is saying. So he's saying that if you are a believer that, that this, if he's saying make disciples, if these things aren't happening, then you have short circuited his command. If, you're not, if you don't have an omissional evangelistic posture where you understand how to communicate your faith, where people are being ushered from darkness into light, if you're not obeying what Jesus has said, not just learning more, hooping and hollering in church, but actually your character is changing and you are experiencing God's transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit because you have yielded to him, and you're not having a going posture that you have missed the boat on what does it mean to follow God. Any questions so far? Okay, so, so that's just theology. Now, we have decided in this body, we're saying, listen, whether you, whether you down with us or not is totally irrelevant at this stage. This is theology. Everyone who loves Jesus should be believing this, whether you're at MacAv or not. Okay, now let's separate theology from, from pragmatism. So that, we need to all be like, whether you leave here, you need to be convinced and convicted. If you're not doing this, to get trained and have somebody teach you or go somewhere and make sure you become a make-disciple believer. Hey, fam? Now, practically, now, how do you take all that top-shelf stuff and bring it down? Because, you know, you got a baptism and all this stuff. Well, here's what we said. We said, well, practically, this is what it looks like. As we look at Christ's example, he accomplishes those things uh, by... By spending time in the Word, relationship, and ministry. Let me unpack that a little bit. Um, we first see the Word, which I would propose to you, handles the, that, that aspect of the command of teaching, right? Now, Jesus kind of cheats here because he is a Word, so he didn't have to do much there, right? But us, you know, we, have, we read the Scriptures. Um, uh, we, see, we see Jesus uh, in, in the New Testament. I mean, he, he alludes to hundreds of Old Testament verses. He quotes about 60-something. I have a specific number, over 60 verses in, just in the New Testament, I mean, just in the uh, Gospels. Uh, so, so he models the sense of knowing the Word and obeying God. Uh, that, that's, his, that's his W-2 form. He always talks about that, right? He just, my role, I obey the Father. I don't say something that the Father doesn't tell me to say. I do what the Father tells me to do. That's his deal. So that's the Word, right? So the Word sort of um, handles the whole teaching component. 
Relationship is not something that's now, hear me here, theologically, relationship is not something that you can get a verse and quote, but it's something that he modeled, and it makes sense because God has created his community in mind. And I would propose to you, it's very interesting, that the one concept that I would tell you, if you don't have, all the other stuff doesn't work, is relationship. Is that if you're making disciples without relationship, I propose you can't make a disciple. So I, I love how Jesus did that. I can find verses for the word. I can find verses for ministry. But relationship is this kind of, um, it's this kind of theoretical, and it's like the fabric of theology. Like he ain't quoting no verses, but how you gonna get in the Bible and not just see relationship falling out your pockets, right? Okay. So nobody's going to me. I don't got you. Ain't got no verse for relationship. Just know that it's the theme of scripture. Okay, fam. So the word, so relationship. When we see it model, what do we see Jesus do? Three years, hang with these homies, right? They leave, they leave everything. They're connecting. Uh, he, he models throughout Scripture where he takes them away and he says, I'm going to teach you certain things. I'm not going to teach the masses. I think it's very intentional that the gospel writers would show us that he had a certain intimacy with the faithful few than he had with the masses. Relationship. The word relationship, ministry. Ministry is a very interesting concept. Uh, because when we think ministry, we think, you know, building a, a house on Parker. We think sharing our faith in evangelism. Um, but, but ministry is, is kind of interesting because it's one of those in Christ things. I love how God does this. You know, Old Testament, you get your, you got your ordinances, you got your commands. If you follow all you think you're okay, but you're really not because the gospel has always been about the heart. But then Jesus makes it really clear that the gospel is about the heart. Everything you do, you have freedom under the umbrella of holiness. And now everything you do, can you do it in Christ? That's basically the theme of scripture now. And that's why we all struggle, because we want to get the right answer. And then Jesus says, no, can you do it in Christ? Will you, be, will, you be, will you have the audacity to have a robust thinking where it's like passionately in Christ? We'll unpack that in a moment. So, so we have ministry is the sense of we have evangelism for sure. There's that evangelistic focus, taking people from the family of Satan and seeing them ushered into the family of God. Praise God. But there's this other aspect of ministry that we kind of, we kind of I think we've, we've, we sort of tweaked and messed up a little bit because of our passions and hotspots, and I'm guilty of this too. At ministry, we look at this aspect of service. Service is not just serving the poor or the marginalized. Now, it's, that's highly important because we automatically miss that. But it seems that service, service reveals itself mostly, it seems like when you think of, I think um, a couple of our brothers even mentioned the verses in Ephesians 2, uh, verse 10. Service in Christ is, is any act that are done with a God-centered, God-glorifying mindset, God-glorifying heart. Now, now that scares me. I don't want to tell y'all that, because then y'all trying to get off the hook of serving the poor. <laughs> Crap, you know. But I need to trust Jesus and tell you the truth, and hope that you led by the Spirit, you'll be holistic. So service is not just serving in the mindset of what we always think. You follow me? Service is anything that we're doing where we're, where we're providing works and our motivation is the glory of Jesus. See, that's kind of messy. Because I'm, I'm proposing to you that evangelism and service is what ministry is. Even think of the word. Think of the Greek word. The word is service. Serving. Diakonia. It's, it's service. So, so um, now I bring that up to say God is saying, okay, here's why I'm scared to tell you all the truth there. Because what people will do is then they'll go, well, I can do service anywhere. You know, as long as my heart is for Jesus, 
and we can forsake and try and turn a deaf ear to the people that we see modeled that he serves and that we know aren't being served. So, but I just want to throw that out there just to keep building that conviction a little bit. Um, so basically, practically, the word relationship ministry, if, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, takes care of the command that Jesus has given us that we can say with confidence, by God's grace, we are holistically making disciples if we're doing that in balance. We're teaching, we're baptizing, and we're going um, by doing those things. You still with me, family? So that was the theology. This is practically how it works out in our day and age to make kind of sense of it. Okay? Now, we are proposed... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I don't go too deep in some stuff. Let me just hit with atmosphere real quick. So, atmosphere, basically, we would propose you can't do those things appropriately if there's not intentionality and commitment. Okay? So, now, in our day and age, I, I don't think I've got to speak long on this. Intentionality, guys, think about it. Um, I mean, I, last week, I just had to confess in. I still say I'm up last week because I wasn't intentional about trying to make a scenario where uh, we can all have, have the girls over. Because intentionality in our culture, if you're not intentional, uh, you will not hang out. Right? If one of my dear friends are here visiting, if Aiden Jordan hadn't intentionally said, we're going to do this, we're going to put it on the docket so we can't bail out, something would have got on a his, on his schedule, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, well, we wanted to come to eat and, and hang out, but we, we can't. So, so intentionality, practically, I mean, man, lights out, right? We understand in our day and age, in our hustle-bustle society, that if you're not intentional about saying, hey, we're going to connect, we're going to build a relationship, we're going to grow off of the glory of Jesus, it might happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's highly improbable. Okay? Again, if there's... Push back. I'm totally cool with it. Um, commitment. Okay, so we're talking discipleship now. We're not talking like shooting marbles. So if you're doing discipleship and you're talking about going there with people, you know, being in the Word with people, in, in God-centered relationship with people, and ministering with cats, if you want me to share my heart with you and I don't know if you're committed to me, does that happen? Do you just share the depths of your heart to people who might say, oh, man, that was deep, Really? Oh, I didn't know you were struggling with that. Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a job. I'm leaving in Cincinnati next week. I hope, hope everything goes well with that sin. Who does that? Who wants those relationships? Who wants to bear their soul and say, hey, man, go on this journey with me only for you to leave? I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I look, guys, it's practical, right? This ain't deep. It's real. And we've all been hurt by these things. And we've all hurt other people. But I would propose to you that intentionality and commitment, if those things aren't the focal point, if, if people don't feel safe, people will not grow. People do Bible studies. People pray together. You'll hang out. But will I be able to challenge you? Will you challenge me? Maybe, maybe there's some, you know, there's some people who have high needs, you know, and they'll share everything. They don't care who it is. Hi, I'm Jake. You know, and that's cool. You know, we all got different personalities. They ain't tripping. But that's highly improbable. Okay, fam? Can we go to the next slide, please? So, uh, okay. So now, so now, here's what we're doing. So we said, that's theology, right? We see practically how we're trying to flesh that out. 
I'm just showing you this is the heart of Mac Ave. Stay with me, family. This is very important. I'm going to show you how this even enters into what we're doing here uh, with our, our community uh, and, and discussing race and things of that sort. So we're saying to produce healthy, uh, our goal in all of that, I'll say the goal of Jesus is to produce healthy, multiplying believers. Right? Healthy, and so believers who at the core of their heart wants to honor Jesus. Jesus is their treasure, and they're saying, man, Lord, every, I, I messed up, I'm crazy, but I'm standing up here and I'm going to tell the body, here's what I did, because I want to walk with the Lord. want to have healthy believers who can multiply. Don't miss that. Who can multiply? Because I'm proclaiming to you that the Bible is saying, he said, go and make disciples. Not just be a disciple. In fact, I will proclaim to you there's some short circuit in you being a disciple if you're not making disciples. See, now people get mad. So, so he's saying, I'm saying, so what does that look like? I'm saying it looks like, in, as we look at the scriptures, now we're taking, and this is where it gets weird. So we got word relationship ministry. Okay, so what does that look like practically? If, if, if people are walking by faith, you're a loving guy, you're walking with Jesus, reading your Bible, praying, have a heart for missions, a heart for the world, you know, you're slowly seeing the Lord deal with sin in your life, accountable to people, you're communicating your faith, you're learning how to share the gospel, you're learning what does it mean to, to talk about Jesus and culture, and you're continually vibing on, like, what's your, your worldview's changing, and you can actually see the difference between, like, God's worldview, like, what God says is reality, and then what the world says is reality, and you can start deciphering those things, and then finally multiplying your faith, where you're a man or a woman, and actually you have this, this, you have this, this, this um, passion, again, not in your authority. Now, don't miss that. Because see, when we look at the Sabbath, we think, yeah, when I get hyped, when I get tight, I get all you know, wise and smart. Then I'll disciple people. You got you messed up. You messed up. It's all about you that quick. No. No. I'm telling you, a humble person without a lot of information who loves Jesus can disciple a really good, can disciple well versus a very knowledgeable, arrogant person. I'm saying multiplying your faith where you're saying, Lord, I realize by the power of your spirit is the only reason I can multiply my life. Not because I know more verses. Not because I've been in the game 10 years. But because I deeply love Jesus. A heart of a disciple is humility. So, he, so this healthy person walks, communicates, multiplies their faith. Stick with me, family. We're, almost, we're getting there, okay? The requirements of a person interested in discipleship here at MacAv. Okay, so if that's so you, you got all that so far. That's a lot of stuff, but that's that's the nucleus of what we're about. So if you hear and you never knew it, this is what we're about. And if you hear and you thought you knew what we're about and you don't, and now you this is what we're about. Okay, because we're saying now discipleship. We said as a, as a crew, and I say crew because don't get it twisted. People, and I, I can't stand when people like think this, Eric Russ Church. That's just crazy. That's like blasphemy, man. Do you know the Lord allowed us to plant this thing? I mean, it was all y'all. It was Nate, and it was the niche checks. I'm going to get all emotional. It was like all of us fighting and seeing what God has done here. Don't dishonor the Lord by saying me or somebody else. When you see, we're saying, look, man, we came here. We said, we're just asking people to be committed to Jesus primarily, right, and own what we're talking about here. We're not, now here it is. We're not asking you to own a MacAv thing. We're asking you just to own a theology. Own that reality. Okay? The biblical mandate. Now, now you see the biblical mandate, we're asking you to humble yourself. So now that's all theology. 
Jesus, that had nothing to do with us. Right? Discipleship has nothing to do with us. But here's where it gets Macav focus. Now we're asking you to do it in our flavor. And the reason why is because of transferability. It is not because somebody wants to have a huge plaque in their room or something. We're just saying we want to see the community change, and we know you want to see the community change too by God's grace. And so we're asking, can we all humble ourselves and take the names off the back of our jerseys and say, here's what we're all going to do for the glory of Jesus. We're saying, can we all just disciple another homie, another young lady? And can we all be intentional about letting our stuff be out there in community? Now, hear this. All the people who are discipling others, because we mess this up all the time. Let's get it right today. Disciple, when you talk to people about discipleship, it is not. Um, are you doing discipleship and Mac group? Wrong. Discipleship is interpersonal, one-on-one, and communal, Mac group. That's discipleship. It is not one-on-one and then, oh, do you want to do mat group? Okay? In the way we flow. I'm just saying. Now, I can't point you to verses on that one. This is how we flow. It's one-on-one and it's communal. Okay, fam? All right, fam. So we're saying, and then that you're committed to Mac Avenue Community Church, that at, at all of our junk, that you're saying that this is, this is the crew I hang with, this is the small covenant community uh, that's part of a bigger covenant community, and this is where we flow and we fight here, and we're, to, we're committed to our community. Extremely important stuff, family. We are in an under-resourced, crazy community, and so we have come, our vision is what? Seeing communities transform both spiritually and physically, starting with our... Hallelujah. Okay? So... If that's the case, don't, don't be mad at us that we are jealous for God's glory in this community. I'm pleading with the family here. This person, if you want to be discipled, needs to be faithful, available, teachable. We can talk about that later because for the sake of time. So we're asking you to be faithful. You say you're going to do something, just try to do it. Now, you're not going to be perfect in all these, and we'll take a risk in the Holy Spirit. Um, but these, if you don't have those tenants, man, it'll be hard to disciple. It's hard to disciple people that know everything. You know, why are we meeting? You're already Jesus. <laughs> Next slide, please. Okay, so here's, here's what's going on. So, so a couple years ago, y'all like that. We worked hard on that baby. So, uh, no. so, we, uh, so this is, we, we just finished our first year of service this year, y'all. Okay? Um, we have been, you know, serving the Lord as a family a couple years before that. Um, we started with seven and then went to four. Uh, then about, like, I think eight, about 18 or so. Um, bounced back and forth. Then to like 36 to 38. And, this, and now hear this, family. This is people being discipled. This isn't people coming to church. Don't get it twisted. See, we don't, we don't even have those numbers. We don't really keep numbers about who, who come on Sunday. But we're talking about people who are actually being discipled, right? And today... Um, we're entering into the 50s, and, I, and, and it's getting to the point, by God's grace, that we'll probably be 60, 60 people being discipled by the uh, end of September, October. Uh, these are people who are meeting one-on-one, being trained in their faith, learning how to have a missional posture, uh, just asking the Lord to continue to develop and change their character, um, and wanting to multiply their lives. 
I mean, it's, and you guys have been really courageous. I mean, even I put you on blast. You know, I'm going to say this. You know, Paul was so humble. He was like, look, man, I don't know much, but I want to be a disciple. And that's what I'm talking about. Now, I, I, I bring this up um, to make the fact that, that the Lord, the Lord is, is slowly doing uh, some cool things in our culture, in our community. But I want you to see something. Here's why this is important. Because we are saying that this is how the Lord is going to bring systemic change to our community. See, we're saying that when we begin to see people in our body discipling others, and seeing people in our community begin to catch and understand what does it mean to be a man or woman of God, and begin to go through spiritual detox as it is, um, because of all the crap that's out here from other churches that aren't preaching the gospel, uh, that we're saying that God is going to do something. Because guess what? When, okay, largest church place per capita, I said that yesterday, in, 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 a, in uh, the United States, Detroit is, okay? More churches in Detroit per capita than any other major city in the nation, okay? But we also the craziest, right? Again, you heard all the awards we got. Now, let's break it down, family, do the math. How is that the case? We're supposed to be the godly people. We got all the churches. Why we got the highest murder rate? Why my kids can't go play at 9 p.m.? Why, why our graduation rate from high school is 20%? Two kids graduating from high school, man, out of 10? High school? How many going to college? Man, look at that sample size. We're saying, man, we play in church. We know that because we got churches. Right, family? We play in church. Can we stop playing church? So now here's the thing. I'm preaching to the choir because that's what y'all about. But we got to have, this is why we have these meetings. This is why we've been talking about culture because we want you, not in your own flesh, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, see our community for what it is so you can be prophetic to it. Are you feeling me, family? To take the rosy-colored glasses off. It kills me when we're walking around with a lady or a man who has a super attitude. He's not hungry at all about Jesus, and we cater to him because, you know, well, finally I got a black guy I'm talking to. That's ridiculous. Call it as it is. It's sin. We ain't playing. Be prophetic to our culture, family. Don't doubt that you can, be, you can have prophetic love. It's because you call something out. It doesn't mean you're mean, man. We are trusting God for something that if it happens, will be impossible. That's what I'm excited about, is that we say we want to stake the whole ministry on us. And say, Lord, use all of us. Nobody sitting on the bench. It ain't no three or four heavy hitters. We want everybody in this joint to be discipling people. That's why people are scared to be disciples, because they know eventually we're going to ask them to disciple somebody. I get it. But do you see what can happen? Already, man, we have a year or so, and almost 60 people want to grow in their faith. They want to not play church. They don't even know what to do, but they know they don't want to do that. It reminds me of John the Baptist. People were, what was he in the wilderness for? And why were people in the wilderness? Didn't you get it? They didn't know what they was looking for, but they knew that was fake. That's how they're in the wilderness when you read your scriptures. They were in the wilderness because they knew that something was wrong about the religiosity of the day. 
So they went to talk to some dude who's just in the wilderness kicking and preaching. And they thought, man, I don't know what he's talking about, but he believed this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Say more, John. You crazy, man. I love what you're saying, bro. For some reason, I feel it all up in here. I'm telling y'all, God, hear me, family. God is using you. And if you would just hold on and trust the Lord, he will use you to change this community. Already. So that's what's going on right now. That's what our culture is about. We're saying we change the culture because do you see what we say? Culture. What does that mean? The reason why we keep using the word culture is because the, the poverty and all the stuff that's happening. It's like a blood transfusion family. We're not. It's not about just, oh, Fred don't know how to spend his money. This is culture. It's like a fish being in water. A fish doesn't know it's wet. Why? Because it's always in water. That's what happens in our culture when you have this, this, this culture of poverty and this culture of survival mentality and this culture of like, I don't care what I need to do to get mine and time, all this stuff. And so I'm saying that stuff, culture doesn't change by me or any one of us running our mouth up here. Don't get it twisted. I don't think you learned me. We're going to forget this. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will do something. It's when you're sitting in, in Tim Hortons with another dude. It's when you're over at the crazy Van Dyke house. It's when you're, I'm just joking. It's when you're, it's when you're in community and, and, we're, and we're doing surgery on each other and we're willing to say, Lord, work in me. And then you got that one guy doing that with two guys. And then that guy in a couple years and that guy. And all of a sudden, that little, that little mustard seed becomes something bigger than we can ever imagine. And guess who gets the glory? Not any of us. Jesus. You know why? Because there's not one person discipling 500 people. Everybody doing it. Everybody, everybody serving the Lord. So can't nobody point and worship somebody. Don't worship nobody. Worship the Father. Hallelujah. So, um, let's continue to go on, please. This slide. Thank you. Um, now, that's what, that's what we're about. Hear me here, family. So we got, that's why it's so, so important to talk culture, family. Now, achieving this vision, we have to first be aware of the enemy schemes. Um, we're seeing it. Man, this is a crazy week. I mean, I mean, there was like, interper- y'all have no, there's all kind of interpersonal people fighting, um, mad at each other, confessing sin. I mean, our body crazy. But I love it. We all crazy. I remember Dave said once, he was like, you know, we all kind of crazy. Like, to, to come here, you got to be kind of off a little bit, you know. But it's a good kind of holy God crazy. You know what I'm saying? And, um, but guys, here's the thing. Satan, does, he, he is not going to just lay over and just give us a community. I always say it all the time. I don't know what we think. And we go, we have an outreach and no one comes and then we want to go, I'm moving. Or we get sad. And it's like, come on, man. Do, you, we cannot focus on a pragmatics family. Our, our hearts have to be girded theologically to walk with the Lord and endure for the long haul. And that's why Bible study and being in the Word and being with each other is ext- it is a necessity, not a luxury family. So you ask the Lord, what are the enemy schemes in your life? I mean, it can be, I mean, some of it, I mean, you, you know, we struggle. Materialism, uh, the, the American dream, uh, safety. Uh, I mean, man, you call it. I mean, some of y'all, some of the white brothers and sisters scared they can't find a honey dip in the hood. You know, some of y'all don't care. You like the sisters. I'm cool with that, too. You know. But you know, can we preach? Can I get the truth up here? So, 
There's all kinds of stuff. Brothers want to move, but man, ain't that many white folks up here. You know, so, but no, you need to trust the Lord for that. It's amazing. You've got testimonies where Nick in Michigan meets Lori, who's in Florida. Don't tell me God can't bring people together for his glory. E-harmony. So be, come on, man, praise him. Be aware of the schemes, family. Think about it seriously in your own heart. Kristen even said it, you know, a couple weeks ago when she did her prayer request. Like, man, I'm struggling. You know, and she, and she put it out there and she put it in the light, which is exactly what Satan doesn't want us to do. He wants you to isolate it, and then he wants you to, what, you, what happens is you isolate something right, and then you start building your own truth about it, and then you try and look. You don't say, you try and find someone else who agrees with you. So you ain't going to say anything. You go, oh, you agree with me? Yeah, I know they filed. Then you start making up stuff. And now everybody filed but you. That's a trick of the enemy. Keep your stuff in the light. Let's be honest about our journey. Beware of the enemy's schemes, our families, all this stuff. Some of us, family, we have to be careful. We, God is drawing us, and he's like, keep handing it over to me. We don't hand it over to the Lord. We're not trusting God in his word. Our life's not changing. And then we met at God. Enjoy prayer. Now, I, I, the Lord has really convicted me on this because I, I just feel like, man, I, like every night I, spend, I feel like the Lord has been rebuilding my prayer life. Um, I feel like I was getting so busy, I wasn't praying. And um, I confess that to you guys, and, and um, I, I just like, I'm like, wow, I need to be praying. I need to be modeling prayer. I, be, I just want to be praying for people, specifically in our community. Uh, we need to be praying for each other. We need to, we need to be laboring in prayer, family, because uh, we're, we're trusting God for the impossible. Um, fight for growth. This is, this is where I, I just want to encourage us. Um, it's so easy to, to stay kind of stagnant, even in your discipleship, and just do Bible study, you know, and, 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 and do a mission work. Oh, thanks, sis. This is Lindsay in the house. And, um, and uh, you know, we can get caught up in, in just sort of, even with our stuff, we can get caught, we can get caught in the lull of this. But don't, don't just because you're doing outreach don't mean you gollier. Like, don't get caught in the lull of, like, that we do activity and you're in a mat group and you meet. You can meet with discipleship for three years, be in a mat group and do an activity and still not grow. Now, with all due respect, don't even say on that one, that's right. I don't want nobody amen to me on that. Think about what I'm saying. Everybody here, remember, you need to be fighting for growth. Ask the Lord, what's in my life where I'm not giving it to you? Where am I, just, you know, like in our community, you know, people, I, you know what gets me, can I confess to you, what gets me the ones to jump in my head, just want to explode, is when I have cats come to churches I've been to where they're talking crazy. They'll come here, and not because of me, but I feel like we have a strong, I feel like our teaching is strong. They'll leave and think it's the same as other church. And I'm mad. I'm like, wait a minute now, I've been there. It's like because we get caught up in the law, it's like you can't even take off the glasses. It's like everything, you just hear verses, you know. I want to say at some level, how to, I don't know how to do this. Can, you, can we please wake up and, and, and be discerning? I don't even know how else to say that. But everybody's not saying the same thing. Fight for growth, family. When we get into deceptions, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a stewardship of the discipler to pour into you. There is your stewardship to be hungry. And for you guys to be wrestling and doing life together. Your character should change. Pursue missional consistency. Um, 
this is a hard one. For, for when you're fighting in the community, this is a hard one because there is no pats on the back to love Jesus the way he wants us to love him here. None. If you try some time. People are not going, man, you're just so godly and thanks for inviting me over dinner. Cats stand you up all the time. We still got neighbors two, three doors down dodging us. We've been here two years. Totally played us. We see him every time. I'm telling you, I want to encourage us, Galatians 6, don't grow weary in doing good. Keep, now in your own, now hear me here, grace motivation, don't kill yourself, but keep having a missional posture and asking the Lord, what does it look like for you to continue to show uh, the love of Christ and to be intentional, family? Have courage in relationship. This is a biggie. Guys, I'm telling you, like we, God gives you discernment as you're mentoring, discipling people, and you say absolutely nothing to the people, you are not helping them. I am begging you for the sake of Jesus. The reason why people are in a discipleship relationship is because they actually want to see God change them. So for you to not be prophetic when they have signed a covenant so that you will be prophetic shoots us in the foot. Here's the thing. We are trying to see people grow in discipleship. If our leaders are not growing, there's a huge bottleneck, and then people want to be discipled, and we don't have anyone to give them to. Because we will not give someone a whacked-out leader. Right? We're not going to sacrifice a person for the mission. So we need leaders who actually are growing and want to honor the Lord. And I'm telling you, we're starting to get a bottleneck. And that saddens my heart. Because if we would all step up and we would be yielding to the Spirit, we would be ready to continue to have more people. I'm just giving you the facts. We're almost at a point where we have more people who want to be discipled than we have people ready to pour into others. If, if you've been in a discipleship relationship for over a year or so and, you have no, and you're not discipling anybody, um, our male side is good. The, the female side is getting kind of crazy. I want you to really just ask the Lord, like, Lord, look at my journey. Continue on, please. And some of you guys are getting people this week, so you might not have to do that. But um, now here's the thing. Now this is where I want to get more specific, and I might get some questions here, so let me just get this out, and then we're going to go home, family. Now, you, you understand the theology practically. I've shared some hearts of like, here's what we're dealing with um, in our community to make sure that we can um, achieve the vision. Now, here's the thing about allocating resources, because this is a biggie for people. Why are we so intense about recruiting like, people here, and why are we so crazy about how we do discipleship here? Okay, we all want to be glorifying to God. Can you continue on, please? Check this out. We all want to be glorifying to God, right? We want to glorify the Lord. Now, now how do we do that? By loving God. How do we love the Lord? By our personal relationship, loving Jesus, and by kingdom building. Okay, we're on the same page. Uh, God has told us to be a disciple and make disciples. Okay? Um, so we feel like we want to make disciples in the community. That's how the community is going to change. Um, so, so we feel like value is brought, hear me here, value is brought to MacAv when things, when what we, whatever we're doing goes, like whatever that stuff is, goes into the flow of us seeing people become disciples and make disciples, right? We're on the same page so far? I'm going to show you what, this, what, what I'm trying to say here. So what happens if we disciple people who don't desire to disciple people within our community? If that's the case, what I just shared, what happens? 
Not to mention, hear this, hear this. Um, we have, so our people, the people in our body are maxed out. We don't have many resources. Our people are serving and, and sharing and doing all this stuff. So with that reality, if we're going to see the community change through discipleship, what happens if people we're discipling, for whatever reason, aren't wanting to pour into the community in discipleship? They don't want to make a disciple here. And not, not maliciously, but for whatever reason, what happens? The vision eventually dies. Is that fair to say? Your leaders get burned out, right? We won't grow. And growth is important because of our influence. Not people, but to have more people influenced and keen. I mean, right now, right now we, because we've gotten bigger, we have our MAC groups doing uh, just uh, a minimum outreach every other month. I mean, you start to see we can expand things a little bit. Um, here, here's our thing. We're saying that discipleship assumes longevity, family. It assumes longevity. So I know some of you guys love the Lord and you're awesome, but you want to be discipled, but you don't want to provide longevity. And I'm just proposing that I want you to ask, check your own heart. And I, and I wrote, um, me and my friend was talking. Um, I was going to read, read, read these so I don't mess, mess this up. Ask yourself, like, why, like, why do you want to be discipled when you know you're not going to disciple someone else and you know our resources are maxed out? Because, because you, too, are, are desiring to see God's kingdom expand. So, I'm, so I'm, my point is, you, I know you want what God wants, too. And I'm just telling you, the way that God is honored here is when our disciplers are free to disciple people who are going to make disciples. So, so if you know that you, you, you know you're not going to really make a disciple here, I want to ask you uh, to do a couple things. I want to ask you to really ask the Lord, what's your heart behind that? And is there another way that you can serve the body without tapping out that resource? I don't, I, I'm not asking you to leave, um, but I am asking you to not be discipled for the sake of the vision. But guess what? Because I'm telling you, I mean, we're talking four generations. We're talking to make disciples for it to be faithful. We're saying that, say me, the guy that I'm discipling, so Frank, is discipling a guy who actually disciples somebody, who eventually starts to disciple somebody. That, that, is, a, that is a successful, you know, prototype case. That's what we want. You, make, you follow me? That's going to take, even with a mature believer, about three years, maybe two Two to four years? And this community needs longevity. So, so we're, not trying to, we're not trying to cause drama when we, hold this, when we hold this seriously. When we're like, no, man, it's because we're trying to preserve the integrity of what God has called us to. Does that make sense, family? Continue on, please, and we're going to close up. All we're saying is we realize that we both have responsibility here. We're saying our responsibility is to be clear with our expectations, and I think we are doing that, and, and to have discernment. Because here's the thing. 
Um, for example, I, mean, I hate to put this guy, these guys on blast, but like, okay, Scott and Kristen will be here for a year, but guess what? They have modeled where, where you, can't, you can't do this whole rigid, if you're not here two, three years, we won't disciple you thing, because, because we want to look at each situation. Um, he has been super faithful, uh, just, just wants to serve and honor the Lord, and he's in a discipleship relationship, and, it's, and you know what? He's growing, and, I, and I, I'm, because I'm watching him own things, and the Lord is doing something in his life, and he's humble, and you go through the, and Christians, is I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they have a disciple before somebody who's been in our game doing this for a year and a half or two. Because, again, our heart is humility and passion. Um, and I've seen it modeled through this brother who's just been like, I want to be a man of God. I want to learn how to love my wife, and I want to learn how to be fully on mission. And I applaud you for that, bro. And um, so my point in that, here's a guy who, for all intents and purposes, might not be here next year. He might be matching somewhere as a med student. So there's, so there's always wiggle room, and we're asking the Holy Spirit to help us in each case. I just want you to hear that, guys. So if you're, like, here every year, you're going, and also people are in process. Some people come here, and they think they'll be here a year, and then God does something in them, and they say, I want to stay for a little longer. And so we want to make sure that we have room for God to do his thing. But please hear our heart. We also want to protect the integrity of what God is doing because people um, just naturally likes to um, rent Macav and not own it. And we need owners. Your responsibility, self-accountability. Ask the Lord, before the Lord, just say, Lord, um, what's my heart? Why, why, if I know I'm not going to be here that long, or if I know I'm not going to come into this community, why can't I just, can I just serve? Um, you know? Um, that's the journey you have to go through in your, in your, I get it, you know, but that's the hard stuff we have to deal with, right? I'm just trying to, I hope you understand my heart here. Um, continue on, please. So we're asking people to consider now, here's the thing. Holding personal treasures loosely. See, time and mobility is a biggie. Uh, one of my best friends, in, 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 uh, one of my best friends, uh, we, we argue over this probably every other week or so. And uh, time and mobility is everything, right? In our community, it, you, are, you are almost insane to ask somebody for longevity. And it's lunacy uh, to ask them to, to, to plant roots somewhere. Like, in our day and age, it's, like, kind of cool to just be like, yeah, I was here for a little bit, and then now I'm there, and I'm, you know, it's like we just, you know, we, we, we like, it's like, it's like, that's a cool thing. So to ask somebody to have longevity and plant roots, it's like, hold up, dog. People get upset. And I want to ask you to, to, to release culture, release those worldly mindsets, and say, what is the Lord calling us to? Because I propose that time and mobility is what provides the soil for growth. And I would propose also, we're probably kind of mobile uh, because, you know, it's almost like if you can't catch me, you can't deal with me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? Accountability, you know, it's like, right? If I keep moving, I never forget my boy, my boy, one of my good friends in college in Miami, Ohio, um, he was always running around, always crazy. And I, and I was like, and I was going through this time of fasting, and the Holy Spirit just put on my heart to ask him, like, why are you, dude, you're always so busy. He's in all these, he said, man, I think. I think I always like to stay busy because I'm scared to see what will happen if I'm just resting. He wouldn't even walk with the Lord then. He's a Christian now. I thought, that's some powerful insight. Here's a dude. Like, i got to stay busy because, man, I'm scared to see what happens if all the noise stops. And i got to actually deal with myself. 
whoa, that's going to freak me out. So let me just get involved here and do something else. Nick. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, mobility is that we have the opportunities, especially our upperly mobile people, um, and you even see our under-resourced people. I mean, man, t- come on, y'all preach, right? Tell me how many times have we call somebody, we get the number, and in three weeks we're calling them again, they live down the street. <laughs> right? I mean, so, it's, yeah, our culture, so we just, we, it's, about, it's about the opportunity, upperly mobile, we love, we can, we, to have the opportunity to be mobile. I, I'm coming from the perspective of saying it Mac Ave, but obviously the Holy Spirit talks about the, the aspect of being mobile too, right? That's even one of the theological reasons why we probably shouldn't have crazy debt, so you can be free to do whatever the Lord wants you to do. But yeah, so I was talking from the perspective of mobility being that you have the freedom to move and go um, as you please. And I, and I propose that, that although we have that freedom, I want to challenge us that, that you're not unsuccessful to plant somewhere and just say, you know what, I'm just going to, be a good old farmer for the Lord right here, and no one's going to pat me on the back. And can I just share, ma'am? I know. Okay. So when I this was a big thing for me when I was in when I was in um, when I was in um, Africa. That's what happened to me. I, I really uh, the Lord had to show me that that it wasn't that the gospel wasn't about me, and I had this issue of time and mobility um, as well. So out of there, please don't window shop at MacAff as a disciple. If you're going to be in a discipleship relationship, you're not testing it out. If you get discipled. You are saying you own a vision, family, just to let you know if you're in discipleship right now. That's for in-house. Continue on, please. Um, I'm going to move past this. I just wanted to encourage us on what the Lord is doing. Every year we've had prayer requests about what we wanted to see as far as growth. God has, has exceeded our prayer requests every time. Every time we had a goal of seeing the Lord trust the Lord with discipleship, he's exceeded it. Every time we've talked about mad groups, we say we want to have eight by the end of the year. We've already started our sixth, like last week, and we're starting the seventh one probably in the next couple weeks, maybe in a month. And it just seems like the Lord is already going to see that. The Lord is doing his thing by his grace. Um, just be encouraged. Um, I just want you to know, just think about it. What would happen if we had 100 people being discipled in our community? 100 people being discipled, being poured into, being on mission. Seeing king, kingdom agents just add in our community, seeing 100 people that we know at some levels wrestling with the truth of God in our community, that lights out. That, that, just give me that. Good rapport with our neighbors. What, what blows me away about all you guys, I'm amazed that each one of you who live here, you are probably one of the most respected people on your block. And I can say that. I mean, I know by God's grace, God has given us great respect in Indian Village. Uh, we're, the Lord has blessed us. I know the Van Dyke House is extremely respected. I know Nate and Jay Pag are respected. I know Eric's. I mean, I can go down the list. Every one of you guys, the Fisher House, the Lord has, can you imagine 100 people? Just in your influence, your spectrum of influence. Just picture that with me. There is an increased chance of a systemic change if more people are honoring Jesus. Increased gospel capacity. Guys, basically this is a vision talk to share what we're about. Thanks for hearing our heart. Uh, the heart is that I want you to think seriously about plugging in, coming here, serving the Lord here. But if you know that's not your deal, uh, then really think seriously about making sure that you're maximizing the resources for God's kingdom expansion here. Because I know that's what you all want to do. And one way you can thwart that is if you're not going to be doing that vision piece that I talked about, making disciples here, to, to suck up our resource, it shoots us in the foot. Let me pray for us.
Dear Jesus, thank you for this family. I'm honored and humbled that I get to be part of such a cool crew. Lord, would you bring glory to your name through us by your grace and work in our hearts um, to enjoy the gospel and live a life motivated by your grace. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.